They could only make plant-based cheese that tastes like cheese, right? Oh, Mary? it's terrible. Plant-based a lot <laughs> of things that don't taste like plant. That's a yeah. hard get still. Yep. Oh, and then yeah, I got let's this. get the AI on that. I tried plant-based mozzarella, and I tried to make a pizza out of it. Oh, God, no. It does not work. Fucking terrible. Oh, have, have I you threw done, it out. Have you done the, uh, the cauliflower crust? Yeah. Pizza? Yeah, that's not I so bad. I like that. I don't, I don't mind it. Okay. It's totally edible. I, I felt the same way, except the texture was just a little off. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. It's all right. And it's then like I a crispy what, pizza. Yeah, and then I don't know what they used for the cheese, because the cheese also wasn't animal. <laughs> well, that, product. no. <laughs> but, the, but the crust itself, I was like, I eh. don't know what they used for cheese, but he ate Cardboard it. Cardboard or something. <laughs> oh, I, I paid for it, and of course I was going to eat oh, it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you paid for <laughs> you it in many ways. That's it right. It was uh, something from the... Soylent Company? <laughs> <laughs> I discovered cleaning products can go bad. Yep. <laughs> uh, what? I was like, the, oh. the, the the kitchen sink looks disgusting. We haven't scrubbed either of the tubs in the sink in a while. So I went under and I grabbed this one thing of uh, cleaning stuff and I looked at it and I'm like, whoa, wow, I haven't used this in years, but here we go. Psh, 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 psh. And it smelled like I sprayed <laughs> raw sewage into the sink. I mean, it didn't just smell like chemically bad. It smelled organically bad. How did you dispose of it? Down the sink. Down the sink? <laughs> <laughs> well, he ran the garbage disposal. Yeah. No, oh, I well, that makes out. everything better. Well, I hope you have PEX pipes because fuck. I threw it out, but that was just terrible. And I'm so then I'm sitting there and I'm running. Uh, Steve will tell you I have my hot water heater set kind of high so on pure hot it's steamy hot and I'm just running that down I did actually like squirt a big handful of dish detergent into the oh yeah mix your chemicals that's always into fun. the uh, I wish Deb were here <laughs> I did that uh, garbage disposal and turned that on to she wash that shit to down because it was terrible you basically made Smilex oh, <laughs> yes. welcome folks to Geek Shock number 727 I am Master Torgo 80's Jeff Commander Smilex vlog full of regrets with Professor Biggs and no one no and one we're here to talk we could geek and uh, and the horrible smell from your sink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would. Pre <laughs> it was. It was nasty. It was seriously like there was, like I don't know. Maybe this is this was plant based solvent, <laughs> and it spoiled. But it was. It's organic it, chemistry, it was, man. It breaks down oh, after a while, dude, and it, it does not. Well, the thing is, though, is a lot of people don't realize that most of the time, smells like that come from bacteria that is growing yeah. in, in mm -hmm. that effulgence. So it's just like, I don't want to know what the hell chemical process happened that allowed that smell to emerge, but that was just terrible. Yeah. In early days of uh, Steve adulting and trying to clean his own stuff. So like a year ago? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I, I made the mistake of, you know, using lime away and that didn't do the job oh, no. on the tub. So oh, I no. uh, so I put some comet on it and that didn't do the job. Oh, so I no. put bleach in it. And the next thing I know, I've got yeah. mustard yeah, gas yeah, yeah. coming up out of yes. the yes. sink. I, and I'm like, oh, I had that when I was uh, when I was 
uh, cleaning uh, a toilet that was really, really had some bad uh, stains in it, like rust stains and stuff. And so I had done the, uh, I think I'd done the the chlorine mm. clean, but I had not flushed it and I totally <laughs> forgotten because I let it sit. Mm-hmm. So I came back in there and I'm like, okay, time for the white vinegar rinse. <laughs> and it was instantaneous. My whole system shut down. It, it was really weird because your lungs, your lungs go, no, yep. we can't <laughs> take this in. And you're just like, and I, I like, I'm like falling backward and reaching <laughs> to flush and I hit the flush and it flushes down. And then I just sort of crept out of the room and I was like, <laughs> yeah. holy yeah. shit balls. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Because that wow. stuff was instantaneous. It'll also make a great scene in an action movie someday. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I had enough wherewithal with the with that like I I grabbed the knob and turned the turned the faucet on and then I just bailed out into the living room and opened I, every window. Well that always. explains a lot about how you <laughs> failed miserably at cleaning. Like <laughs> For most of your lives. Wow. I went into a bathroom in a business one time and like opened the door and this waft of pure bleach came out. Yeah. I literally started making my eyes burn mm-hmm. and like, you know, the lungs, like you said, just stop. They're like, yeah. nope. B- but it was in my mouth, started burning and I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. I didn't mean to pour it in there, Jeff. I'm sorry. <laughs> that sounds like but, I mean, I turned tried around. a raw, le- raw bleach And, and I'm, I'm 99% positive that's what happened. The person that was cleaning just decided, hey, I'm going to pour a whole bunch of bleach in this and not dilute it. Well, dude, yeah. you know, public bathroom. <laughs> yeah. He might have been like, fuck this fucking guy who did this. I don't know who did this, but fuck him. Well, maybe they were blah, trying blah. to get the blood stains out. Well, there's that. Yeah. Get rid of the DNA. Maybe. Bleach. <laughs> Well, before we get into the show, uh, Kofi members, episode seven of The King's Dilemma is now up. Uh, This is a very special one because it adds a brand new player. Uh, Steve Biggs and his vampire family join the uh, council. (laughs) They are not vampires. They are from uh, some other country that has a different accent from from, uh, fake president boy over here. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. You're a jagoff. Hey, I saw the um, political ad that you did just the other day at the Super Bowl uh, for Robert Kennedy. I didn't see that, actually. Oh, my God, dude. They actually, they just just took um, a Kennedy ad from 1960. Yeah, JFK. Yeah, JFK ad. and And then they did old school graphics and stuff to make it look... But it was all pictures of Robert F. Kennedy. Junior. Yeah, Junior. Huh. <laughs> Make sure to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the, the, whole, the whole time I'm watching that, I'm like, not only is this disgusting, he didn't even try to use like his dad's campaign no. shit just to kind of be like, well, hey, my dad did it. You know, He actually went for his more famous uncle, yeah. which just kills <laughs> me. Bizarre. Are you telling me that guy's a garbage fire? I couldn't believe you. I don't yeah, blame him. He's a garbage person <laughs> in a garbage fire, but yeah, well, sure. It's, re- it's really got funny. a bunch of those running around these days. I know, right? Yeah. Also, if for all listeners, not just Kofi members, on our YouTube channel, uh, we've posted Commander K's interview with Oliver Brackenberry from New Wave Sword and Sorcery. So, oh, on the ch- YouTubes. So check it out. Yes, an actual video thing. Well, if I'd known that, I would have like dressed. <laughs> <laughs> Take that, you son of. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, and uh, eventually I'll uh, convert that into an audio file for those who don't want to uh, do the video, but uh, that's where it's available for now. And uh, that being said, before we get into what geeky things we did this week, uh, I need part two of Barry's playthrough of what's your, what's the game called? <laughs> oh God, what is it? Uh, freaking! I, ju I just called it up right here. You're steaming. Monstrous love. <laughs> Monstrous love is the Barry steamer <laughs> of the last love. round. Now you already played it through once, and nothing it, nothing happened. You I played it through once. There's three stories in this game, okay? And uh, the the first playthrough, uh. I played them like normal people would play them. Like, if you saw a monster in the woods, what would you do? I walked away, and uh, it ended quickly. Now, I guess the point is for you to play it in many different ways and get different endings, but it's clear it wants you to be a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> Which monster Barry's like, no problem. <laughs> Monstrous Love, it was written by, uh, drawn by uh, Anna Pepper, A-N-A pepper.com uh, I think she's from Brazil and her site's in either Portuguese or English and she draws a comic called Monstrous Love and she also does some other stuff called Let It Go Julia, Drix it, not all of them are, are basically porn. Are you distressed <laughs> well, I'm, I'm how trying to deep he went here? No, I'm trying to figure out if Let It Go Julia is porn or not. <laughs> Let uh, It Go Julia! Well, it's for people <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ! Let It Go Julia is for people 14 and above. Drix is for people 16 and above. Monstrous Love is, is for people 18 and above. And then the Monstrous Love is the one they did the game for. And it's in Brazil, so like f the 14 and above is a hard R here in yeah, America. Yeah, probably. I don't know. I haven't looked at that. Uh, I only played this awful game. Oh. Oh, oh, did I did I review it a little too early? This super awful game. <laughs> um, so I went back and said, okay, I'm going to play this how Torgo would play it. With oh, boy. deep and, and, and loathsome perversion. Yeah. So I'll make all the choices I shouldn't make. But <laughs> let's be clear about what this game is. You, like... Girl goes for a picnic in the woods, sees like this tentacle monster, right? It's like a plant tentacle monster. You know where this is going. Um, the no, I off, don't. The art, the, the art. Please is, explain. <laughs> <laughs> the art is not very good. Oh, okay? okay, it's maybe. I think it's like high school level art um, at best. And you're going through the woods, and you meet a monster. Okay, what do you do? Do you go away, or do you, um, or you're distracting me, or do you engage with the monster? Do you flick its petals and stuff, and the monster licks you back? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Flick its petals? It's a plant thing. You poke at it, you flick its petals to figure out what it is, and then she gets this stupid look in her face like, hmm, maybe I should fuck it. Yeah, you flick those petals. <laughs> yeah. And then proceeds oh, to do exactly Oh, you like exactly that flower, that. don't now, you? Yeah, you do, yeah. you dirty little flower. There's <laughs> like a Simon game there. Oh, there's a, I didn't realize it was that deep. There's a Simon game you have to play. <laughs> and then there's... Uh, 
What happens, if, what happens if you fail at Simon? If Face you fail too Paul. often, he gets pissed off. <laughs> she doesn't work. She goes away, and that's the end of the story. Now, you can't jump right back to that part of the story. You've got to walk all the fuck way through all of everything else, including like the thing where you got to find the monster in the woods by looking at the different bushes and seeing which one he's hiding behind. It's really fucking stupid. And then the worst part. Okay, now, please the protagonist. And with your like monster tongue, and you, you like click parts of her to lick, <laughs> and she'll tell you which part. Yes, lick there. No, what? don't lick there. What? Lick what? my ass. No, lick my back. What the fuck? What? <laughs> what was it Paul used to say? You got to rub that chainsaw. <laughs> <laughs> got to warm it up. And that's what you're doing. And eventually, you know, I guess she <clears throat> gets there, and then that's the and you get an achievement, and that's the end of the story. And I, I, I started, to, I was like sickened by this stupid thing. It's, it's not titillating at all. It's just dumb and <laughs> aggravating as a game. And then I tried to play the second one. And I was like, I, I, I can't. I can't do this. This is terrible. And I just gave up halfway through the second one. How can you review it if you haven't played it? All right, we need part three next week. No. <laughs> no. I couldn't even get, th- it was so bad. I wanted to take my whole computer and throw it out a window. Mm. <laughs> the second story window. <laughs> I don't have a second story. Um, it was it was really really awful, and I I hated every part of knowing you for. Uh, uh... Well done, Torgo. Yeah. Well, well, done. well, gentlemen, I have you to thank for choosing that for it. Oh yeah, it's like an hour of my life. I will never get. It was a team was effort. Only an hour. Yeah. Yeah, we need part three. No! Yeah. One hour is uh, not enough. Barry, it I'm doesn't take s- long. These games are very, very... You can do you can do all of it in about, like, two hours. Well, then, well, okay. I we think, want the second hour. No! <laughs> I think if you only spent an hour, you're below the required minimum, mm-hmm. so you need to go yeah, back really. and finish. Yeah. Uh, there was never a required minimum. I know. I beat uh. the game technically four times now. <laughs> Five, technically. I've got another ending where I... Or six, sorry, six times. Because I tried with the second one, and then I did something wrong. What are you, fucking Tommy Flanagan over here? (laughs) Six, six times. With my wife. Every time you you get an ending, it's just not the ending that Torgo wants, where we're fucking monsters. It wasn't the ending you wanted, but it was the ending you deserved. Uh The ending you deserve is a foot in the ass for making me play this god-awful... Monster pervert game. It's just with bad art. Bad art. Yes, Todd. To, that good ju- art would be worth it. Just to, yeah. <laughs> How dare I don't, you? I don't know. Barry's idea of what is quote unquote good art. I'm not saying that this is, but is very, very particular. Well, and then we've we've shown pictures of like comic books and stuff that we've reviewed in the past that he's like the art is terrible and the rest of us are like the art is fine so yeah that's all i'm gonna say the art is terrible anyway Jeff, Jeff, he showed Jeff the art. Jeff, what was your opinion of the art? He showed me like a half second before his screen turned off. So (laughs) I I have nothing to review here. There, there, there's the art. Here's a tentacle girl. Wait, there we go. Which camera you on? (laughs) Yeah, really. What do you think, Jeff? Jeff, is it good art? Uh, It's... It's better than I could draw, but it's probably... It's (laughs) I mean, it's definitely below Barry standards. Oh... See, see, yeah. that's that's the art. That's one example, but yeah, I, 
I could see that as a tattoo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Get that on the calf. Prison tat. <laughs> well, Bear, you'll be happy to know that I was expecting that you'd be finished with it this week. <laughs> so I've set up another Barry steamer. Oh, joy. So once again, I have three choices, okay? I'm excited for this because I got a couple plane rides I get to... You know. <laughs> and a, a big thank you for uh, to Stefan Moeller for uh, sending us these keys. Uh, and uh, what I've done is I've basically distilled each one down to a couple of words. Uh, you're, I'm going to say them to you. You are going to choose one that you want to get rid of. The door you don't want. And then the rest of the cast will choose the game for you. So, your choices this time for Barry Steamer is marriages to strengthen your bloodlines, manage your champion, trapped in a book. That's your three choices. Which one do you want to eliminate? Again, marriages to strengthen your bloodline. That one sounds like Crusader Kings to me. What's the second one? Manage your champion. Uh, Ah, I got nothing for that. Trapped in a book. I'm going to eliminate trapped in a book because I feel like you would possibly make me play one of those uh, text-based games that I just can't get into. So I'm going to eliminate trapped in a book. Now you say text-based game, like an Infocom kind of thing. Yeah. They have to write out the text. Yeah. Text adventures from the 80s. Zork, no. Take careful notes there, Todd. Noted. What's wrong with Zork? trust me. This is in the back for a later nightmare. I never liked Zork. (laughs) You're a godless heathen. Zork. <laughs> Zork. We already know he has no imagination. That makes all that's, sense. You're very right. You're absolutely right. I have AI for that. All right, gentlemen. So he's you eliminated. Are AI. Eliminated, trapped in a book. Okay. So you get to choose between marriages to strengthen your bloodlines and manage your champion. Mm. What do you want to choose for him? Discuss if you like. I don't know. Manage your champion almost sounds like something. Barry would enjoy doing like you know, robot wars robot or, wars or manager uh, of a superhero or some real you know. steel but, but yeah it's probably an ant <laughs> oh, maybe. Or a frog. maybe that's true <laughs> that's true but but marriage to strengthen your bloodlines yeah I'm kind of intrigued by that one too mm. Do we have here's consensus? The problem I have, here's the problem I have with both of those. I, I just realized It doesn't this. matter what your problem is. It's our decision. <laughs> well, maybe this will help you out. Uh, I remember he got me like this horse adventure game where I had to both manage the champion horse, and I didn't get that far in the game, but possibly breed horses. Manage marriage, you mm-hmm. know? So yeah, either way, did. this is going to be bad. Mm-hmm. That... that. That is a good point. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I think I, now that now that yeah, now it sounds like marriage to strengthen your bloodlines could be some sort of animal husbandry Ooh. thing. Marry yeah. as a husband. That's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Have you come to a conclusion, gentlemen? What do you think? What do you think? Stick with the marriage to... Marriage? Yeah. Marriage? Yeah. Bloodlines? Yeah. Barry's bloodlines. Come on, be <laughs> Crusader Kings. Come on. Barry, you'll be playing Massive Chalice. 
a tactical strategy game set on an epic timeline from Double Fine Productions. As the immortal ruler of the nation, you'll take command oh. of its heroes, forge heroic marriages to strengthen your bloodlines, and battle a mysterious enemy known as the Cadence in a 300-year war. You won this round, Ooh, sir. Big winner. Damn. <laughs> we fucked up. Yeah. Nah, because he'll probably hate it. Yeah. <laughs> we can only hope. And, and normally I don't reveal the missing, but I think it has to be said uh, that the one that you, uh, the manager champion, was called Jumping Horses Champions. Oh, uh, I, I knew it! I knew it! I knew it! Oh. <laughs> Fuck you, Torgo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm like an oracle over here. We chose poorly. Boy, and howdy. But interestingly enough, you chose the chalice, so hey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So massive chalice. Uh, double fine game. It's supposed to be really good. I mean, it's a little old, but I'll be interested to see what your take it's is. New on to it. me. So, plus that you'll have this time, something you really sink your teeth into. I was a little worried about. Uh, the possibility that it might be the Bridgerton game. <laughs> <laughs> you should only be so lucky. Stuck away for a later nightmare. Yeah. <laughs> now that that is out of the way, gentlemen's, what geeky things did you do this week besides fuck monsters, Barry? Oh, boy. Well, we uh, we fucked around with monsters, I guess. Uh, we played some D&D. We all played some D and D. Yeah, Jeff. that uh, we did. That's uh, Deb game. Uh, yes. Where she hears she would talk about it. Uh, we all had a really fun time. Yes, we did. Uh, we did walk around. Did some. Went to the to the city of Luskin. Uh, looked for clues to yep. find like the secret thing. Barry then, had to solve a puzzle. I do. <laughs> Why well, you don't like puzzles? Eh, not so much in D and D all the time. <laughs> Wait, wait, what kind, of, is, what kind of puzzle he was it? He says a good dis dungeon design always has a puzzle, it and does. here he is. I hate I'm not always good with them. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of puzzle was it? Was it like a riddle? Did you have to riddle, yeah. shuffle the coconuts? No, nope. it was no. a thousand piece. Uh, no, wrapped in an enigma. <laughs> it, was a, it was a riddle. It was a riddle. Okay. But, so we go into this dungeon, and uh, this is a dead-created dungeon, uh, and it was fun. We had a lot of fun doing this. I only have a... <laughs> Couple notes. <laughs> now, allow I, I, me I, to go get the armor because I think she can reach us from here. <laughs> no, no, I told her all this. I said, look, and, and I, I, I have to say this. Uh, Deb is still a new DM, and she's going. She's doing very well. Mm. For, uh, she's gotten a lot better, faster than some DMs that I've played with. Here comes the having said that. Having said that, there's sometimes. Where you, where experience might help in judging loot tables and how hard monsters are. Now, given, look who she's playing with, people who've, who've been around the block and then some. So when we see monsters like those gibbering mouthers, uh, we just <laughs> set them on fire and close the door and trap them in there. We're not fighting crazy. them. Fuck you guys. <laughs> somebody threw, they're in these barracks, just tearing them up. And we're in a dungeon. This is underground. And so Tim sends in a fireball. And then so-and-so's like, I shoot an arrow. And so-and-so's like, I did it. And then Mike, cursing, what do you do? I walk up and close the door. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, 
They're in a burning room. We're good. It's all clear. Yeah. Yeah. We'll it's going to be a good fight. We'll, nope. We'll, we'll come back to it in a few hours. They burned. They burned. Poured some oil underneath the door. By the yeah. time the door opened, one was already pretty much dead. The other was almost there. Easy peasy. The other fight that was supposed to be good, which we totally ruined, which was the uh, the gelatinous cube. Because yeah. as soon as she says, the dungeon looks spotless and immaculate, Kirsten and I both were each other like, like oh, oh, shit! Throw some travel and see if things stick. Oh, God. Every time Barry's a paladin would turn a corner, I'd throw a javelin into the dark. Just to see if it goes... <laughs> into a, a, a gelatinous cube or yeah. not. Oh, we fought it. Killed, we burned that thing Yeah, poor death. God. P poor Deb. Uh, we were in, camping out at the in a room at the end of a hallway. And so the gelatinous cube was coming down the hallway. And one of us had just learned wall of fire. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, good put, night. Yeah, put that wall of fire up with the cube right in the middle of it. That Ten thing, foot speed, yeah, okay. It didn't done. stand a chance. Yeah, so we just we just rip, literally burned through all our enemies, yeah. and then <laughs> the hall was a bit Monty. Oh, was it now? Oh my God! Like she says, okay, you know, there's some gold, there's some gems, and da 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 da. Okay, it's a fair amount. That's fine. And then there's this wand of like, oh, what the hell was two it? Two wands, two crazy. Mm -hmm. One one wand was simple. The other one was holy shit. Yeah, yeah. like legendary almost i'm yeah. like i'm thinking to myself we could sell this for thousands and thousands and thousands of gold at our level this is way too much and i i, I pulled her aside later i'm like you need to find a way to get that the fuck away from us that's too much nope yeah, yeah. too listen, much listen to this guy sabotaging our game i'm like jesus christ i don't want to play god mode why not so why, we're only why? okay because then she says all right, well, then I'll just ratchet it up next time. Well, you know, we could good, use a good ratcheting. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, because then what happened at the end? <laughs> that was the best part. A stone golem! Yeah. Well, that foe is beyond us. Well beyond us. It, 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 well, you got a wand. Dude, it, no. It's really funny, because Barry and I are like, uh-oh. And, and, <laughs> and Steve, who just watched Dark Corner's reviews of the Gollum horror <laughs> franchise silence is like, oh, well, that should be easy. We just need to find the magic letter that makes it work. <laughs> yeah. And both Tim and Steve just like flippity flip through through the internets. And Which they shouldn't be doing. And both of them are like, huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, yeah, no, we don't stand a chance. I finally picked up a magic weapon but in terms of melee that's the only magic weapon the party has <laughs> and barry's like well i could i could probably tank it i can't damage it <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's like i can probably damage it i don't know if i can tank it <laughs> we were gonna die yeah yeah and there was no question about it so so you yeah. ran. So you ran. We're gonna work. Yeah, we ran as was, we should. It, it was in the back of the dungeon. It was actually watching a back door. It was literally watching a back door. So when we were ready to leave, my kobold may have stuck his head in the room and gone <laughs> to the stone golem and gotten it to chase him. Because one of the other instructions we had was create as much havoc as we. Could. Yeah. Yeah. So. In Luskin. So we raided the larder and pissed on everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yep, we did. That's true. We did find a, an actual larder, and we did ruin all the food. We found a teleportation circle, screwed that up. Ruined that. But then as we're running from the stone golem, Deb did a wonderful job of describing how it just chased after us, plowing through walls, not giving a shit, just crash, crash, crash. We had to uh, yeah, turn. through solid rock. Yeah. yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. That was cool. I'm not fighting that shit. Yeah, that was crazy. So these guys are all complaining about it, and I'm like, that's a that's a Call of Cthulhu game. You get to the end, and there's Neralatha Hope sitting there, and you're, what are you going to do, fight him? No, you run like hell. <laughs> it's doom. Yeah, I wasn't complaining. It was just, it was funny, because it's like, oh, yeah, no, we got to get out of here. Yeah. And uh, Barry's uh, paladin's new war cry is, nope, nope, <laughs> nope, 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 nope. <laughs> yeah, I did have one complaint. Uh, Deb was rolling too well, so we didn't hear a whole lot of, God damn it. Yeah, really. <laughs> she was actually doing a little better. It was, uh, yeah. So, yeah. And you you re- blessed her dice, didn't you? Barry? It was really funny because it's just like, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't have a dice. problem with the treasure layouts. Yeah. You know, she, um, it, it took a while to get to all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. You, you notice Barry is carefully leaving out uh, Steve that uh, his character, it looks like we may buy an animated shield on the cheap. Yeah, stupid cheap. Oh my god, it should be like ten times as much. <laughs> I'm like, all right, ta- fine. L- listen to him sabotaging the campaign. Yeah, I just wanted to be balanced at least. <laughs> okay, here for I'm gonna go a little deep D and D nerd. I'm playing a paladin. I'm playing uh, Oathbreaker paladin. Not Oathbreaker. Sorry. Uh, uh, vengeance. Uh, yeah. Oath of Vengeance paladin. Uh, I got plate armor. Mm? Okay, so AC 18 plus. Uh, for some reason, I have AC 19. I don't know what fucking why. Oh, no, because I have defense. Mm-hmm. So it gives me another plus one. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm a two-hander, so I don't use a shield. But the animated shield gives me a right. Gives me a plus two. And then I, I had to remind him of this because he was like, shield? Nah, I don't use shields. And I'm like, you said maybe one animated shield that, you know. That you just paid some Just flo- yeah. floats about to you. Wait, awesome. your, your kobold talks like Jar Jar? Yes. I love I it. Fucking, yeah. I love it. I fucking hate when he talks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then he can't shield of faith, so I'm at AC 23. Yeah. I'm yeah. a tank. Yeah. But yeah. can't do magic damage. I know, not yet. He's got a nice. He's got a nice sword, but it's just nice. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I've got a short sword that uh, has a base damage greater than his. And so uh, and he, Steve's carrot. Oh no, yeah, you you have that crazy short sword that she gave us. Yeah, yeah. Again, very very rare item. I know. I love it. <laughs> I, I shudder <laughs> to think what she's what she's going to. You know what? Maybe. She's smarter than I'm giving her credit for, because uh, I know she you got that monster book for her mm. and uh, for Flea us. Mortals but, by Matthew Coville, folks. He says for us clearly it's for depth. Um, <laughs> and I know she wants to use cool monsters in there, yeah. but to do that we need to be stronger. Yeah, and I think that's maybe that's what it is that she did. Maybe, yeah. maybe. And she needs to throw monsters at you that you don't already know by heart. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll play dumb. That's fine. I don't care, but. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, we played. I mean, we we played in character. It's not like it's hard in D and D to go stone golem run. <laughs> you, you don't need to meta game. You can you can actually in character just say run. Yeah. yeah. None of us, nope. 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 None of us have a wisdom over twelve. Clean hallway. Cube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's that basic. Was, well, we didn't we didn't run around. <laughs> Although Barry was like 
javelin down the hallway. Javelin. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the the quote unquote mini for this stone golem was about two inches tall. So was, yeah, yeah, it was like Ugh. double size hours. <laughs> Looking very like uh, Johnny Sacco's uh, giant robot. Yeah. I have determined uh, my character's great method for getting information. Okay. Act drunk and go over to the go over to the stealthiest looking person in the bar and just start chatting them up. <laughs> you know, uh, here's another one to hand it to Deb because she's handling those wonderful as <laughs> as as like Steve's like I wrote perception. Well, you hear somebody complaining about the arcane brotherhood oh well excuse me dear fellow i couldn't help but hear you complaining <laughs> about the arcane brother and we're all just like you got a gnome you got a tiefling you got a kobold we're all just and this character is the smartest and most wise of all of us no mathematically I, I have mathematically no, only. yeah i have no people skills though i like have zero charisma and and then, and, then, and then there's some creepy guy in a corner just watching us, and he's just bringing over drinks. I said, get a drink. I say, oh boy, seems like you're not having a good day at all. Here, I bought you a drink. Now, what's what? And she's just like, you need to leave, and you need to leave now. Well, that's not very polite. I just bought you a drink. <laughs> oh, boy. So that was it. Was good fun. That yeah, was good fun. What else did we do? Oh, we played Arkham Horror for the first time. Oh yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I know you're familiar with Arkham. Oh, Horror. oh yes, close those you're portals. Arkham Horror? Never. No. Okay. I. It was brand new, <laughs> the, so Andy is going to be very disappointed yeah. to hear. We popped all the. We punched. We popped all, all its cherries. Uh, which, if just for my sake, what edition was this? Oh. First, second, third? Do you know? I think it's third. Okay. It's it, the I most modern. It, I, yeah, I bought it at um, the, the thing with the place. The thing with the, the, place. With the place. We played the, the starter deal. adventure. Yeah. The something versus Azathoth. Uh, yeah. Approach of Azathoth. Azathoth. Mm -hmm. um, which I guess is supposed to be easy. <laughs> 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 oh no, that game is rough. Oh boy, uh, is it? Yeah, the world died. Yeah. Uh, so, so for those who don't know Arkham Horror, what are you trying to do? Um, you're trying to you you are adventurers, investigators, whatever, and you're going around to these five or however many locations, and you're researching clues to figure out how to beat the big bad. Yes, yeah, and trying to dispel doom symbols. And yeah. I think the the mechanics are essentially uh, accumulate more clue accumulate the correct number of clues before the buildup of doom tokens which mm -hmm. triggers the the final stand -up. yes yeah. so <sighs> and, so, uh, so it didn't work out so well no no it, it did didn't. not it, we we hit a place where we were like oh we might actually get through this yeah we did Nope. Nope. <laughs> it, it was really funny because we we it was like looking really grim, and then we took we actually started uh, dividing up uh, uh, responsibilities better, and it was like hey, not that much better. We 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 got a handle on this, and we actually went two maybe three rounds where it's like, ah, oh, we're actually we're actually achieving stuff and holding terribleness got, at bay. Got rid of that anomaly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. And then no. Got yeah. to a place where we weren't adding any more doom yeah. to the yeah. to the 
It was 13 Doom triggered the end, and we sat at 12 Doom for quite a while. (laughs) You posted a picture of the end. Yeah. Where? Oh, in the the lair. Oh, okay. Because it was precious. It's just okay. Well, this happened, and now what? Oh, oh, you're you're you absolutely destroyed the world, and yeah, and, and everything's oh, the, going uh, to hell. The, the text for the card, yeah, yes. I, I want you to read the text for the card. It's precious. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you know it what? It sums it all up. Oh, there it is. Blind chaos. The Daemon Sultan emerges from the Great Rift over Arkham, and all air is sucked from the atmosphere in an instant. Earthquakes and volcanic eruptions tear the Earth's crust apart. All remaining life on Earth lasts for no more than a few fleeting moments of pain or rather they would feel pain had their minds not already been shattered somehow you survived long enough to watch everything else die <laughs> investigators lose the game <laughs> yeah. how long did the game last oh it was a while yeah we had to do setup and stuff and you know boy boy uh major meh he uh he was not able to join us which really sucked uh, Barry's giving me a dirty look, but uh, you need Major Meh to uh, get these. Uh... It would have helped. <laughs> yeah, it would have. It would have also helped if we were not drunk. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were about an hour into it when it was time to break out the wine. Yeah. So would you estimate how long the game lasted? Okay, so two we... hours, uh, two and a half. I think it was. I think it was closer to at three. Least that, really, yeah. three. Sounds like yeah, uh, yeah. Arkham Horror. Because when I. When I tried to figure out how much wine we drunk in an X amount of time, I believe three hours was. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. we did. We we spent a lot of time on setup. Yeah, it's oh, sure. it's one of those. Oh, it is classic modern games of you're setting up for an hour. Yeah, before you even get rolling, because it's it's not just setting up your little board. You got to set up you, the tokens. And then you got to build the build the pool you of the correct create, tokens. Then you got to build create the your counter decks. deck. Yeah. And then yeah. there's the event deck. Select yeah. this 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 and shuffle it all together. Now shuffle these five decks individually. Yeah. yeah. And it, is it a it Tuesday? First, shuffle another one. <laughs> since it was the first time for any of us doing that, we're like, well, which is the encounter deck? I don't know. Look over here. I go. Well, it's got the same back as this. Are, is this the encounter deck or is this? So there's a lot of that, a lot of in the middle of your turn going, okay, point of order. Am I allowed to do blah, 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 and blah, 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 or do I just do this and this? So, yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of first game. Yeah. I, I will say it's really interesting with that uh, that game, not just the game's concept, but that whole Arkham Horror genre mm-hmm. from, I think it's Fantasy Flight that still owns yeah. it, right? Yeah. Uh, that they've put out like three of the same game. It's just how long do you want to play it? Oh, like Elder Sign. Like Elder, yeah. the Elder Sign is the fastest version of this. Yeah, because yeah, he said that in the middle of the. It feels like Elder Sign is streamlined, but with, but with more rules and more shit. Yes. It's like Seven Wonders Architects versus Seven Wonders. Yeah. And if you want the middle one, Elder's Horror is what you want to play. Okay. That's what you play. It takes about an hour to play Elder's Horror, hour and a half. And so, yeah, do you want to spend a half hour, hour and a half, or three hours playing yeah. this <laughs> this scenario? So it, Arkham Horror is like the granddaddy. Yes. Right? That's the, the oh, long good. original. We okay. started big. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense, too, because I remember hearing about, like, Eldritch Sign. Elder Sign. Elder Sign. Yeah. And uh, it was actually playing on a video at a little shop of magic he just had that you know their promo reel running or something and that really got me interested but in later years when i would research and try to figure what was that game i i i 
couldn't figure out which fucking game I was remembering because it's a wonderful game. Yeah, it can be played with multiple play players solo. It's mostly dice and card based. There's no board on this one. Elder Signs, fantastic. Yeah, it's great as an app. You introduced yes. it to me as an app. Yes, it is. And that's still out there. So if you want to try it, uh, the app's pretty cheap, I think. So give and it you a don't shot. have to clean up anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, really. Or carry a box around. And fuck, is it a hard game? Yes, it You're is. Gonna lose most of the time. It's a challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jeff, what'd you do? Well, um, I went and saw Lisa Frankenstein. Mm. It's the uh, how's she doing these days? <laughs> doing great, doing great. Uh, for those that don't know, this is a new movie uh, written by writer Diablo Cody and directed by Zelda Williams, uh, daughter of uh, Robin Williams. Uh, film stars Catherine Newton and uh, Cole, I can't think of his name right now, uh, Sprouse. Jeez, I, I could think of his name there for a second. Um, the basic premise of the film is... Uh, Catherine Newton's character Lisa likes to hang out in this kind of abandoned graveyard and um, there's a lightning storm and it reanimates one of the corpses that she was hanging out around you know talking to herself but kind of talking to the you know the graveyard as if it were a person and you know this corpse comes to life and chaos ensues from there uh, I hesitate to say too much more because it is a fun uh, fun story uh, set in 1989 so they do a pretty good job of capturing all the little uh, outfits and stuff and the hair and you know kind of the the, the basic introduction of the uh, the goth movement and uh, they, they actually make fun of that a couple of times in the in the film but uh, I mean Catherine Newton is a, a fantastic actress I've liked her in everything she's seen uh, more recently she played Cassie Lang in Adam and the Wasp uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania mm. um, but like there's a, a couple of sounds like a uh, coming of age comedy <clears throat> yeah it, it really is it's one of the descriptions I had of it and I thought it was actually a perfect description it's like Take a uh, romantic comedy blueprint and then take the romance part out and substitute it with horror. So it's not like your traditional horror comedy. It's it's a, like a romantic comedy, but it's much more ter- you know, not, not terrifying because, like I said, it's fun. But you're like, oh, my God, that's so crazy that no, that th- this character should not be doing this. And then they're they're doing stuff like this. So. Uh, like I said, it's I don't want to give away too much because it is a fun film. It's worth seeing, uh, especially since it really did poorly at the box office uh, its first weekend because, of course, they drop it on Super Bowl Sunday. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> the the highest viewed Super Bowl of all time. And, you know, you're you're launching a movie on that weekend. So that's how you do it. But oh. um, I really had fun with it. I enjoyed it. Um I recommend checking it out, um, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a fun film. Um, can't say enough good things about it um, because well, I mentioned Super Bowl. My Chiefs went to and won the Super Bowl again. Again, so, like, again I know. last week they back did the to week back before back to back <laughs> Super Bowls. 
Yeah. Back to back, week to week. Uh, gosh, we're well, busy, for, we're busy Jeff, for one of those Super Bowls. I yeah. guess we weren't there for the other one. Now, Jeff, you yes. know the only reason they won is because uh, Taylor Swift was there. Yeah, the NFL oh, yes, is they, rigged. They, they, yes, it's, it's rigged, and it, they, ha- they couldn't let Taylor Swift uh, see a Super Bowl where her, her boyfriend doesn't, doesn't win. So, yeah, you know. Yeah. Uh, to, to the point where, you know, they had to add some drama yes. with him yelling at the coach. Yes. Oh, my so. God. That was. Did you enjoy your foosball game? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it is funny because they, they tallied it up. A four hour broadcast, mind you. She's on screen for 54 seconds. Yeah. And people are still yeah. losing their fucking minds yeah. about the fact that. They kept showing her on there, and I'm like, so "Stupid." Well, part of it is because she's on the field with her boyfriend after they won the game. Yeah, yeah. I talked That's, about. I talked last week how I was admonishing people at the bar for making a big deal. Yeah, I, I, I even had one of my coworkers bring that up too. He's like, "I just wish they wouldn't have kept showing Taylor Swift." I mean, you mean the whole 54 seconds out of an entire four plus hour broadcast? That's way too much time. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Um, I, I can understand the horror there. Um, but uh, needless to say, last week was a a bunch of ups and downs, um, being a Chiefs fan, um, because the Wednesday parade that they had in Kansas City started off great and ended in tragedy. And for me personally, it was horrifying because I had a lot of friends and family at that at that rally and not knowing for several hours whether any of them were hurt and or um, injured or killed was needless to say very terrifying and that's the second experience I've had with this because when we had that shooting here in Vegas I also had friends at that concert so this was it was a week of highs and lows, you know, on the one hand, you know, the excitement of the game, you know, finding out that this tragedy is going on practically in real time and not knowing. And then being happy that the people that are in my life are okay. But then on the other hand, the tragedy of all these people being shot. I mean, thank God, seems that all of them are going to make a recovery except for the one fatality. But the nice thing is um, two of the cities that I live in or have lived in, where I live now and where I used to live, those are so super strong communities and they have rallied and have taken care of the people that are affected by these horrifying events. Yeah. So that's another one of those ups from the week. So, but, uh, you know, have not they, to bring the show down, but have they arrested yet? Have they, uh, they have three arrests. Two of them okay. appear to be the actual suspects. Mm-hmm. The third, uh, not related. Okay. Cause I'd heard the something shooting. about not quite, but sort of filmed with, with it happening. Yeah. Kind of, um, one of the fascinating things is there was a fan there that saw one of the um, alleged perpetrators fleeing, and he and another person tackled this person Ooh. to get law enforcement's attention and held him down while, um, I guess, his girlfriend or wife 
kicked the gun away from the the assailant and um they held him down until police arrived and mind you there are over 800 law enforcement officers at this event right so i don't want to hear about the whole you know oh things like this don't happen when there's there's security and blah 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 it's like it happens there was a ton of security over 800 law enforcement officers and it still happened and apparently it's it's not even anything like terribly organized or planned yeah. it was like a bullshit argument yeah the guy just well uh, i mean planned in the sense that they had weapons that they weren't supposed to have right 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 um on them and yeah apparently some argument that led to two people shooting a bunch of other people and it's it's horrifying and it's terrible mm. and uh i hate that it's bringing the show down but i kind of needed to get it off my chest because it was something that you know I was, you know, I wasn't there, but still directly involved with. So, anyway. Don't know what to still say, but... I think you um, said it plenty. Mm-hmm. Moving on. <laughs> that's, all, that's what I did. Steve, what'd you do? Uh, so, I've continued to read Mr. Robin Bale's uh, uh, Universal Library uh, books. This one was, I mentioned it last week, uh, Vengeance of the Invisible Man. Wasn't anything like I had described it in that thing, but I hadn't read it yet. Uh, the basic premise is that an invisible man has written a book called The Life of an Invisible Man that's gotten published, and there's been several public uh, uh, stunts uh, that are allegedly being performed by the Invisible Man. And of course, it's set in modern day, so people are arguing whether it's CGI or uh, or a magician doing tricks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there's not really an invisible man because that's impossible. And then and then the murders start, but they can't figure out because there are security cameras everywhere and it didn't see anyone entering or leaving the building. So that's kind of the premise of it. And I don't want to say anything more about that, but like all the other uh, Universal Library uh, books. There are some repeating characters, which are nice, but it is a standalone uh, book. They're all standalones. Um, and their character names are fun because uh, he's using actor names you know, from the, from the Universal and sometimes even Hammer movies or even more recent Invisible Man uh, type movies as character names and that type of thing so that's always you know finding those little easter eggs is question fun. does the invisible man have to get naked to be invisible in this one no they okay the process has figured out a way around that that changes things because mm-hmm. i was gonna you know, all uh the, memoirs of an invisible man is with not gonna walk around naked for anybody uh, the invisible cl- or not yeah well no because if you're running around and, and you're naked you're still gonna get like dirt on your feet and you'll be able to say hey look see those dirty feet that's there. You're that's just stuff. saying that because you marked up my kitchen last night. <laughs> <laughs> that stuff still happens. Like if you caught out in the rain, you'll start to see an outline. Caught out in the snow, you'll start to see an outline. All that type of thing. The only things that are invisible are the are the things on you that have been subjected to the invisibility process, which is not just a, a, a formula. It's you have to. Your clothing all has to be organic. So no zippers, and but no yeah. polyester. No polyester it has to be you know natural fibers and that type of thing. And it's actually even a plot point that uh, that it doesn't work really all that well on metal and stone. What if you have fillings? Well, you might be. 
I don't know because they're inside. I'm like trying to break this. It, universe. it was, dude. I, it I, was I, written I, by a British author, so there's no fillings. Oh, there's no no dental work <laughs> at all. Well, and of course, the other thing about any Invisible Man uh, uh, story, the the thing that uh, the thing that you you do have to hand wave is if the light is passing through your uh, your retina, how are you seeing? Oh yeah. <laughs> Would you just be blind? So, yeah, so that gets hand-waved, but, uh, yeah. So, but uh, it's a fun read. It's a Barry, fun read. It's funny watching Barry sitting here thinking about it now. Yeah, he's, he's really now he, He's like, how, how do I overcome this? Yeah. It, it's it's it, like Steve just fucked up some plan he had. <laughs> um, the other geeky thing, of course, uh, in the senior moment uh, thing. Senior moment. Went and saw Casablanca on the big screen. Ah. Always, always, always a treat. That was the one downside to watching the Super Bowl is that because they only had like one showing that I could have gone to, I missed Casablanca on the big screen. That was on Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I work on Wednesdays. Work on Wednesday. Yeah. yeah Just put it on the Sunday. TV and sit real close. Shut up. Shut up. Um, no, you do that, you'll ruin your eyes. I actually do have uh, 4K Blu-ray of Casablanca. Yeah, yeah. It's it's great. So sit real close. <laughs> it, now, I, I, it's know, not the same. It's not the same. It's okay, not... we'll get some sticky floors with popcorn. Oh, why, why do we not have a sticker of just a picture of Jeff captioned, well, actually? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, maybe, maybe you because you say it more than I do? <laughs> yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Actually, that's not true. Here's how you make your home video experience more like a movie. First of all, whatever room you've got your big screen 4K TV in, mm-hmm. you got to paint it all black. Mm. Uh, you got to hang dark colored uh, cloth all around it, and you have to invite strangers in to watch it with you. There you go. <laughs> now, I will say this. We did go on Wednesday. We went to the 6 o'clock uh, show, uh, uh, me and another friend of mine, and we almost had a uh, private screening. Nice. It was us and four other people. <laughs> huh? So uh, Casablanca, not the big draw. No, it, it, it depends on what time they post it, when they drop them, because they... The the last couple they've um, at the the galaxy closest to me they've only done one showing, mm-hmm. and then the galaxy green valley they do like two, mm-hmm. but that's it. So yeah, it's hard to say. And also, I think uh, I think Casablanca was one of the first movies that when they started showing them on the big screen again after you know like main theater chain started showing them again. It was one of the first ones because they just had a big oh, so it's been done. Everyone's seen it already. Kinda, yeah. It's it's. Uh, it's Casablanca. Yeah, and Barry will tell you, you don't watch movies a second time. I was upset I missed Escape from New York because yeah. I, I pulled open my phone to see, That's oh, what sad. time is that showing? I'm like, fuck, it started 20 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was so mad that day. And I'm like, well, I can't go see it on Wednesday. Yeah. This I don't have is... a problem watching movies a second time if it's at the Alamo Draft House and they do a whole big thing like they did for the 30th anniversary of Conan the Barbarian. That was delightful. Yeah. This week, the flashback cinema is uh, Harry Potter and the Chamber yeah. of Secrets. Anyway, um, don't they so, do old movies, <laughs> dude, dude? Anything more than twenty years old now, man? Fucking dude, kills me. I I had to go and weep in the corner when I realized that uh, movies from the eighties were considered classic movies. <laughs> yeah, and then I did the math and I was like, okay, wh- okay. When I was a kid, they were showing movies from the third. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't it blow your fucking mind? You're just like. Oh, shit, that was 25 years ago. Oh, that was 30 years ago. Oh, that was 40 years ago. Fuck. Yeah. 
Yeah. I'm old. And now I know what my mom and dad felt like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when they started talking about what, old movies. One of the things about that, too, Steve, that realization is leaning back and going, oh my God. In the 80s, the 40s were yeah. to my parents like the 80s are to me. Yeah. Yeah. So my experience, how I view the 80s, how, how I feel, that's how they were feeling about the 40s, yeah. which seemed like ancient history to me in the fucking 80s. Yeah, mm-hmm. those were the old movies. Well, yeah. and, I mean, and it's just like your memories, what happened, what you've experienced. It's like, it's just like, wow. Yeah. Because that's a while ago, but it doesn't feel oh, yeah. like a while ago at all. Like, well, I came to the realization the other day, I was like, okay, so next year's 2025. Holy shit. Back to the Future will be eight, 40 years old next year. Yeah. 40 years 40 old. Years old. Yeah. And, and, again, and again, you know, the, we've talked about it before. When How old you are when you see movies affects how you feel about them yes. at the time. So all of you guys who are about 10 years younger than me <laughs> you guys have these fond memories of goonies and and that and i right well, i, I saw those you know i saw those when i was you know all grown up and you know in my 20s ladies and gentlemen <laughs> and and i was like man were you all grown up though <laughs> well i was grown up enough to go yeah at the goonies <laughs> <laughs> poor steve so, not enough of a kid at heart to enjoy the goonies yeah but that's okay me neither <laughs> really <laughs> Yeah, no. So that's kind I, of... I, I'm, I'm, uh, I had the Andy phenomenon. I experienced. You spilled it. something on yourself. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. And then I, after I, he spilled something on himself, he watched the movie. Yeah, I tripped and fell, hit my head. I don't remember a thing. <laughs> um, no, I, I watched it way too late. I did not watch it when it came out. I wasn't terribly interested from what it sounded like when it came out. I was living overseas, okay. so I wasn't bombarded and everything. And so on rewatch opportunities, I just never picked up on it. Mm. And decades later, just like Andy talked about when he did it, and I did watch it finally, I was just like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, it, and, and in a way, it was kind of disappointing because it's like, man, I can almost feel, I can almost understand what people who just don't get Star Wars Mm-hmm. Or like that also reminds me, Kirsten. I've always wanted to ask you because you spent a significant amount of time overseas. What was the censorship level like of the movies that you did get to see? Like, did like when you came back to the U.S. and you saw a movie, let's say on VHS or whatever, you're like, I don't remember this. I don't remember this scene because I've yeah. I've heard other people tell stories like that. Oh, and in, I was just curious yeah, if that in, was your no, experience Kuwait, as well. In Kuwait, there was there was there was censorship. Um, right, and it was it was kind of weird mm-hmm. because they would censor like <clears throat> sexual imagery, but they were a little more permissive in the movies, but then violent imagery. I think I've commented on the show before. Remember, <sighs> Sheriff Lobo was a spinoff, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then there was the spinoff from Lobo, Enos. Right, I think so. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, there you go. Th- these these are like you know country bumpkin cop shows. They were they were big time. I guess in the eighties, like uh, yeah, Enos was a spinoff of uh, Dukes of Hazard. Yeah. Dukes of Hazard. Okay, yeah. so there was a lot of driving and car crashes. They censored the car crashes when they would show it in Kuwait. I mean, one of the things to know is the English language channel in Kuwait was not very well funded. So they would get cheaper packages. Mm. So we had stuff like 
Enos. Wizards and Warriors. <laughs> <laughs> the the BBC packages were better. I actually saw the Survivors, which is a great post apocalyptic mm-hmm. series. Uh, all things, all creatures, great and small. Um, the James Harriet uh, vet novels. The, yeah. There were some good things there, British wise, but American wise, it was really tough to get anything. And uh, one of the, one of the good ones they did get though was Magnum PI. Uh, but the censorship of that was hilarious because if you remember Magnum P.I.'s intro, there's a hell of a lot of bikini beach scenes. Right. Every single bikini gets cut. Wow. So if there is a scene with exposition near a beach, yeah. you were shit out of luck and you didn't know what the fuck was going on That's because right. it was literate. And then they were, and then they get, oh, but you know, you, it, it, cause it was just hard cut chops. They didn't, wow. there was no finessing or wow. anything, you know? So is there a movie that stands out that you're like, when you came back, you're like, this is a completely different film. Well, let me put it to you this way. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark mm, was okay. banned because the portrayal, uh, the some of the religious uh, imagery and the portrayal of Arabs as mercenaries okay. who could be hired at a drop of a hat. And by the way, folks, I'm saying this is actually was reported in the newspaper at the time. So it's not like I'm making a judgment here or, or, or speculating. This is what was said. This is why the movie's not permitted. But... VHS, Betamax, videotape was making a big, big uh, push, right? Now, the Mideast, mm-hmm. uh, especially back in those days, was a big testing ground. And so, actually, there were tons of technologies we would get before you guys would see it. Because they were marketing and working out the bugs and putting that all out before it came to North America or Europe. So, moving to Kuwait in 79... 1980 every expat household had a vcr <laughs> we had betamax because you know it's the superior technology oh yeah <laughs> obviously the one that would stand the test of time right and uh, <laughs> so they had video stores and most of these were bootlegs they were just copies of something and this was an official store it wasn't even like you know when people talk about the chinese sidewalk you know things these are stores you go and you rent, and we'd rent and we'd dupe. And uh, so we had a dupe of Raiders of the Lost Ark, whose picture quality was so bad, I didn't even understand what the fuck was going on in that opening scene <laughs> with the idol. And, like, I, I really couldn't grab Everything was so muddy. It was, like, the first time I actually... Uh, saw it on screen in the states i was like oh that's a giant boulder rolling out (laughs) yeah and then of course sometimes though those video stores would still cut so like that in scene in raiders chop 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 so stuff like that so so raiders kind of sticks out for that as well as um, a little known movie peter sellers did called the party which was a, a physical comedy farce where he plays an Indian actor. Oh, right. And in a rare gesture towards Indians, they banned the party in, the, in Kuwait because uh, they felt it was insulting to Indians, which, you know, allow uh, now a lot of progressives actually detest the party for just that reason. Um, so, you know, there is stuff like that. 
So, but Raiders definitely stood out. You know, uh, same thing like uh, uh, Terminator. You know, mm-hmm. when the HK is rolling over the skulls with the treads going over the skulls. I had no idea. I thought it was crunching rocks. You know, it wasn't until I saw it in the States that I'm like, oh, those are skulls. How oh, bad wow. was the quality? My oh, God. well, dude, we're talking about we're talking about videotape dupes of dupes. Oh. You're literally talking line in to the auxiliary. My buddy Mike would bring his VCR upstairs or I'd bring mine down to his place and we put it in, hit play, put in the other tape, hit record. Yeah. And that's how we got it our... worse and worse and you worse. You kids these days won't know what generational loss is when you're copying videotape. I'll tell you one thing I never <laughs> understood. Uh, I've, I've been known to download a couple movies from the internet now and then. And sometimes when I'm looking for the first run ones, you get in theater cameras, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, some yeah, fools yeah. Ha- holding a camera in the theater, yeah, and it it sounds like shit. It looks like shit. Yes, who wants to see this? And we would sometimes get those. It'd be really funny. It's too. Terrible. You'd sit there and boy, the quality here and the sound sounds awful. And then suddenly the screen, you know, something <laughs> someone walks across. Yeah, the and you're just like, God damn it! And you know, then you just ah oh, fuck. So that would sometimes happen. Most of the time, they were just like uh, dupes of dupes of masters. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably there was some connection where theaters would get their masters and then have a rig to make copies and stuff. Or like then, Oscar screeners that got out. Uh, yeah. Stuff like that, sure. You know, it, it, it was actually, it was really funny, really weird time. And then sometimes their dupes are pretty good. Uh, uh, I became addicted to the TV show Soap, and I loved the actors in Soap, and I learned a hell of a lot about comedy just from watching that series, and that was actually a really good quality, uh, good quality uh, transfer there. So, but yeah, but we duped a hell of a lot. We would just rent something and you know, <laughs> quick, grab Mike's VCR and grab a tape and yep. dupe, dupe, dupe. We all For, did that. The first year I I, I had my my first VCR, it lived at my friend's house for probably six months. Oh, yeah. My my mom actually pitched a fit because our VCR was at Mike's house uh, once for about five days. And <laughs> Enough is enough. Did you ever go to a rental place for computer games? Did you ever do that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you would rent, like, not just the CDs, also, like, the floppy disks. And <laughs> what do you do? You, you copy it, and it's a perfect copy. So I would go there to buy "quote unquote" games by renting them. Back in uh, actually, back in late nineties, early early nineties, really. Well, I was gonna say, it, when I was going to college for the second time in the late nineties, we had a store in Lawrence called Hastings, and you could literally rent just about anything at Hastings. You could rent computer games, you could rent videotapes, you could rent magazines and stuff. It's crazy. Um, the neat thing with the renting of the video games is you had like I think three days on that, but most of the time you didn't need more than that because a lot of these games, especially when they started moving to CD-ROM, when you put it in your computer, it installed the whole game. Yeah, yeah. And you didn't need the CD-ROM anymore. It didn't have the 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 copyrights now where you have to keep the game or whatever in the in the the drive I so loved, you could return it and rent another one i <laughs> loved going to renting games and at the same time buying blank media <laughs> <laughs> same transaction yeah. yeah oh i there was um this is this is at the place where uh ralph's 
store used to be okay on the corner of Flam- flamingo, flamingo and maryland, maryland which is now just a straight yeah. ghetto and i can't remember the name of it but it was a music place it's sold tower was it tower records tower. i spent a yeah. many in, okay many an afternoon in tower they used to have a return policy really? you could return stuff and i remember one time i had uh I'd been at a strip club, and that was my introduction to uh, Nine Inch Nails and Pretty Hate Machine. And I wanted that disc. I wanted it. So I went to that tower, and I, I, I couldn't figure it out, though. I didn't know the artist. I didn't know the music. I finally narrowed it down to Nine Inch Nails. I got the, a disc. I went home. I listened. That was not the disc. And I didn't even want to keep it. So I came back to return it. This fucking cashier was pissed. He was literally, he was Todd Bristow, out, artistic outrage pissed at me. He's just, he just had a nasty face. And he's like, you can't return that. You've opened it. And I'm like, actually, your policy here says we can. No, you can't. Call your manager because I this is not the disc. And he just called and he was obviously not pleased with his manager. He like slams down the phone and gives me my refund. And I finally found the right disc. But it was hilarious because he thought I was just taking them home, recording them, and coming back. Which you should have done. Yeah, but, but I wasn't even doing that. Because Barry did that. Yeah, I wasn't even doing that. I'll buy. If I've got the money, I'll buy it. You know, so, but it was funny because I, to this day, I still remember that guy's indignant. (laughs) (laughs) He was probably more upset that you were returning a Nine Inch Nails album than than the fact that you were making a return at all. Paul worked at Tower. Right? (laughs) Kay, what did you do this week? Well, uh, we've already gone through most of it. Uh, Steve uh, actually went down the rabbit hole of watching (laughs) the uh, Dark Corners reviews. Uh, where Robert, uh, Robert, Robin Baines talks about, uh, he, he does these wonderfully heartfelt, empathetic uh, discussions of old uh, actors' careers. And he actually, um, he, uh, Steve uh, was like, have you ever watched the Lon Chaney Jr. one? And I'm like, oh yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll save it for now. I'm like, no, put it on. And we watched it again. It's very touching um, a very sensitive uh, and and affectionate and respectful um, and and admiring yeah um, a depiction of Lon Chaney's career the career in the Wolfman going through it it gives you an appreciation for these these older movies that goes beyond you know just the hokey horror thing because he does a great job of putting things in context. We then stumbled in, into uh, Bela Lugosi's and watched that, which was uh, also very heartfelt because Bela Lugosi had had an even more tragic life and kind of uh, how career went than Lon Chaney Jr. did. So, so that was that was actually a fun little uh, breakthrough. Um, but also, uh, Todd, folks, mentioned my interview with Oliver Brackenberry about the New Age Sword and Sorcery magazine, and I just wanted to announce it has funded. The, they are now pushing into their uh, additional funding uh, breaks. So in 72 hours, they hit their funding level, and now they're doing things like pushing for double art, where they hit a certain funding cap, they will get two images drawn by a real artist per story. Uh, 
Uh, they also have a, a bumper for more money for authors, more money for artists. Go to the Backer Kit New Edge Sword and Sorcery page. If you Google that, you should be able to get your link to it uh, to find it. And also, if you uh, watch the video, there's a link under the video as well. Yep, we did that. So um, there will be, in these upcoming uh, two issues, there will be um, stories from rising people, people who are coming along, like Dariel Keogh, John R. Fultz, uh, Matthew John, as well as a reprinted, uh, with permission, Elric Tale by Michael Moorcock, and something, an original story from Harry Turtledove. Oh, wow. Ooh. Who um, uh, does dip his toe into sword and sorcery now again. Usually uh, does alt history stuff. Yes, very alt history. Has uh, had... He's known also for like a lot of quasi modern stuff, like Guns of the South, with you know if Robert E. Lee had gotten the AK forty seven, that type of thing. But he also does an, incre- an incredible uh, alt history Byzantium. So, but he will be do he will be including a story um, as well. Oh God, so. Byzantium! I was just playing Civ Five. Fuck Theodora. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Sorry. That is awesome. Fresh in my mind. Uh, okay, now the we... The pain's real. Dude, we need a series of stickers. We got fuck Nebuchadnezzar. <laughs> now we have fuck Theodora. <laughs> you yeah. just need the Barry that's, Civ Five. Uh, who I hate this week. <laughs> that's why your Rome stinks. Yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, anyway, please take a look at that backer kit. This is, this is something that's near and dear to my heart. He's actually... Oliver's got some plans. And so he's doing some cool stuff and putting some stuff up. And we're working at trying to change the image of sword and sorcery so people don't just think of a friggin' guy in a furry diaper with a sword that's just way too impractically big. And, uh, you know, moving beyond that. So, And uh, Turtle Dove is no joke. Neither was Michael Moorcock when he got uh, his Elric story earlier as well. So, and as I mentioned before, we will be getting a new story done with approval from Catherine Moore's estate for Jirel of Jory, who was the first female sword and sorcery heroine way back in the 30s, printed up in Nowhere Tales. All right, Clockwork Torgo. Yay! Yay! I was tasked with watching Goodfellas. About damn time. The multi-nominated Joe Pesci wins the award for Best Supporting Actor. Scorsese's love letter to the quintessential crime movie, right? Yep. It's okay. Ah! <laughs> oh, here we go. Yeah. No, no, I'm kidding. It's, it's, of course, it's amazing. It's a fantastic film beginning to end. And as someone who's watched Sopranos the entire series twice before he's ever seen Goodfellas. <laughs> Let me just say, Monkeys, I am so glad you got him to watch it because I've been trying for 20 years to get this guy to watch that movie. And uh, and it's, it's really amazing to say that, okay, and... David, uh, the guy that created uh, David Chase, David Chase, basically based Goodfellas on. I'm sorry, based uh, Sopranos on Goodfellas. Yeah, basically, uh, it's it's great through and through. Uh, an amazing film, probably the best film I've been 
told to watch in this whole endeavor. Been telling you, and you're wasting your time with like commitments and shit. Really? <laughs> <laughs> the camera work in that movie mm-hmm. is just, I mean, going beyond the Jaws effect, the framing and the framing within a frame, just outstanding. I love the scene. You like the scene where, where they're cutting the garlic? Yeah. yeah with, with the, the razor, razor blade. <laughs> I go, like, relatives who did that. The, the minutia of the film is that, just the, ridiculous. Ray Liotta and Joe Pesci, it's amazing when you're in a movie with Robert De Niro and you still manage to stand out because, and, and, uh, as well as Lorraine Bracco. Mm-hmm. Oh she my God. Was amazing. She's unbelievable in this film. Yeah. When she breaks down, she rips your heart apart. Yeah. yeah. When she says no in the most pained, heartbroken way, you cannot not crumble for her. Yeah. She deserves an award as much as Pesci got one. I think the best scene from that film is the uh, like the long scene where they go into the back of the club. It's an impressively shot. That's oh yeah, the single camera. Oh, that the player. Um, it reminds me of shit my dad used to do in Atlantic City. Well, that's 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 uh, that's the other thing, Barry. I watched that movie in the theater, and man, mm. I hadn't been back to Long Island in decades, and I was flashing back all over the damn place because. That was just, that was... Uh, I didn't live in Long Island. I felt like I lived there. You know, all those <laughs> fucking Italians. Jesus. Yep. <laughs> Holy mackerel. That's there was family. a lot of them. And yeah, it, it, that, oh, the cars, the houses, the way they were decorated, the whole, the whole thing. It was just like, Jesus, it's just, it's, it's like I'm totally remembering, um, you know, my it's, childhood, except for the Coke, but a fifth of the cast of Sopranos as bit players in right. the background. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And it's such a great film considering you're not rooting for anybody in this film. There are no sympathetic characters in this film at all. Because every single one of them is a piece of shit in one way or another. And even the ending <clears throat> is like yeah. it's the ending you deserve, you asshole. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. it's and I mean by design that's what Scorsese wanted. He didn't want you to like anybody. He did exactly. a great job of doing that. But at the same time, you're so invested, mm-hmm. you're so on board, and it's that whole family background aspect that mm. uh, was originally kind of introduced with the uh, uh, Godfather, right? Making of the sauce, those little scenes of just family, right? Uh, that just the humanization just enough to make you care about people you don't like yeah and then you're horrified when they do something really completely vulgar to another human being you're just like what the fuck yeah yeah so once upon a time everyone get ready to drink at star trek the experience (laughs) (laughs) so i was playing crawl and i was talking to some tourists uh at their table and as I was talking to them, I could hear a couple of guys sitting at the bar behind me laughing, you know. And so I was done with this table and I looked and I looked back around to them and I was like, what is so funny, humans? And the one guy goes, you, you're 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 funny. And I was like, I'm funny. I'm funny. How? And he's like, you know, the things you say. Oh, I'm here to amuse you. His friend caught on right away. <laughs> awesome. And the guy was like, yeah, you know, he's like, oh, so I'm here for your amusement. I'm here to amuse you. I'm like a space clown to you. 
that fucking scene, man. I remember watching that. I'm like, is he going to fucking shoot him right now? I mean, I, I remember literally having anxiety about it yeah. when I saw it in the theater the first time. I'm just sitting there going, is he fucking with him or is he serious? Yeah, cause it, cause, uh, because the switch is... yeah subtle enough that you're sitting there going, okay, this guy's having a good time. And then yeah. all of a sudden, Pesci just focuses in on the guy, still smiling. And then the tension relief with a, ah, I'm just fucking with you. And then he actually pulls out his gun and plays like he's going to shoot him. And yeah. then, yeah. and he's laughing it off. You're oh. like, the, the, the this guy they, is psycho. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The way they, well, when, when uh, Liotta was just like, fuck you. No, yeah. don't even. It was, it was just hilarious because it's like, my God, that's another one where, God, everybody was like that. Everybody was like that back then, back there. It was just, it was just crazy. <laughs> I feel like we're talking more about the film than you, Torgo. What did you, what, what's, what stood out to you? <laughs> uh, honestly, it's whenever Braca was on scene, mm. I was there. I mean, let's, let's face it. It's a sausage party of a movie. Right. Uh, and, but whenever she's on screen, she fucking commands it. So I absolutely adore her performance. Of course, Pesci's amazing. Liotta, uh, enough to carry a movie, especially with people who's got to be around. Uh, although when he laughs, sometimes he laughs a little too hard. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, yeah it's funny you say that, too, because to this day, I, I've seen him in many things, and he's fantastic. But I feel like he's almost doing a characterization of... Um, uh, the real life mobster whose name is escaping me right now because Henry uh, Hill. Henry Hill, because apparently he actually did get to talk to Henry Hill before doing the film. So it's like, is he basing it on his interpretation of this guy? Is that why he's playing it that way? Because the world never yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, exactly. Especially now, you know, considering he's passed, but. But um, for me, Liotta's performance was when he was just losing it, and he yes. like, oh my god, oh, yeah, choked out, yes, and just just absolutely crumbling, and the the way Scorsese picks up the pace and just starts ratcheting the quick up. editing to really yeah. ramp up the tension, and then yep. the narration that was just going lightning fast, and he was just talking about everything all the time, and it was just like, holy shit balls. And then of course there was that moment where yeah, while well, my brother made the sausage and my meatballs on. Bro, he's got he's got a bro, what <laughs> a brother in a wheelchair and it's like where the hell did that guy come from <laughs> he's not wrong though you gotta you gotta stir it yeah you gotta keep stirring it oh dude It'll burn the bottom you gotta keep stirring that that i've made the fucking six hour sunday gravy when you talked about it the, 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 the razor blade yeah, no. with the garlic thing is just like well that's so that yeah. as soon as the garlic hits the pan, i know i watched the movie Okay. Yeah, save it for, <laughs> it save it for dissolves inbred, over okay? here. I know how to make sauce. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah, that's it. And just that, just that, 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 that. Um, you can't call it luxury, but that lifestyle in the prisons when they did do time, which was just like my God, it's like a little, it's little like vacation. a college dorm. But there is no, no dull moment in this movie. Yeah, no. Nope. This is two two hours and 40 minutes of just nonstop scene, 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 scene. And uh, where I think this feels a little a focus because it has this arc of this person where something like Casino is like just all over the place because it is kind of following one guy, but it also isn't. It's, mm -hmm. it's like he tried to create... Uh, Goodfellas in Vegas and didn't quite work. Mm. It's not bad, but it's not Goodfellas. Right. Yeah. 
So, uh, and, and, and it does make me wonder, what's the best mob movie that everything doesn't fall apart because of drugs? That's, 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 that's the question I have now. Because yeah. all the best Bob movies, it's heroin or cocaine or something that ends up breaking everything apart. You're going to have to give us a week on that one. <laughs> and that's, that's hilarious, too, because it, it almost comes across like, man, if it wasn't for drugs, mobster life. Well, I mean, it's also a common theme in Scorsese films. I mean, yeah. Wolf of Wall Street falls apart because he's... Well, yeah, I know, but I'm just saying... Uh, huh? uh, yeah. Really? Uh, I, I, I owned seen... the thing while I lived with him, and he's. I, I raved about it when I saw it in the theaters. He's like, oh, maybe I'll go check it out, and then he never did. I, I, I Honestly, I have not seen a lot of Scorsese stuff. There's okay. a, if you mention Scorsese film, chances are I haven't seen it. Yeah. But I loved it. Uh, in fact, one of the best choices. I know this has been pushed for a long time, so it got through. So much so, it's like once commitments happened, I kind of knew this was going to be next just because that's where the momentum was. Now, anyone's game, I have no idea what you all going to nominate next. War, but the nomination, War of the Gargantuas. <laughs> but nominations are open. Amazon Women on the Moon. For War of the Gargantuas. <laughs> How do you fix my movie watching life? Your choice next nominates on the uh, for Kofi members in the Discord. Yeah. So let's try to get a little news in on the show, yeah, shall we? Do How about we do some news you don't give a shit about? Uh, oh, oh, boo! Oh, Yay! Oh. Embracer Group. The Embracer Group, a name that kind of popped up in the last couple of years. Ah. The Grim Reaper of video game acquisitions has been wrecking havoc on the studios and IP it has acquired in the last few years. From layoffs across several companies to shutting down beloved studios like St. Row developer Volition and cancellations of big projects like a new Deus Ex game, Embracer has been buying up and shutting down companies with practically nothing to show for it. In his latest fiscal report, Embracer Group CEO Lars Wingefors said the company is more has more plans in the works to sell off some of its investments, would, which would line up with reports that Borderlands developer Gearbox Software may be up for sale. But he also says that further restructuring may happen in the meantime, meaning more layoffs within the company and subsidiaries are likely coming. Uh, this follows the company laying off over 8% of its workforce over the last year, which is around... Uh, 1,400 jobs, canceling 29 games across the company. Uh, Wing of Force says, quote, Embracer's, quote, overruling, overruling principle is to always maximize shareholder value in any given situation, unquote. Uh, and this, is, this is something we all know, uh, but it's not often you get a suit willing to say the quiet part, part out loud know, on right? the record. Uh, so this is Embracer's legacy. And Embracer's not the only company that's been acquiring studios and laying off scores of employees soon after. Microsoft recently cut nearly 2,000 people's jobs after it finalized its acquisition of Activision Blizzard. Uh, so perhaps we can lay to rest any notion that acquisitions on this scale are a good thing for games ever now? I just... <sighs> It kills me because mergers are good for nobody. Period. The argument that it's it's good for capitalism has been soundly debunked multiple times because it reduces competition, it reduces jobs, it reduces products being produced. So why are these being allowed to still happen? Shareholders. Very rich shareholders. I have a counter story to this. Go give me. 
Uh, the Baldur's Gate 3 developers at Larian Studios won Game of the Year again during the 27th annual DICE Awards, but in stark yes. contrast to their 2023 Game Awards win, this time they actually got to speak, and they said, quote, We don't have shareholders, but we also don't think about them, said Larian Studios head of production David Walgrave. Building a community, building a player base, building games that are actually fun, it's going to make you the most money. Simple yep. as that. Simple as that. Yeah. His words were a direct shot at Embracer Group CEO Lars Wingefors, who said, I'm reading this off The Verge, who said during a recent earnings report that the company's overruling principle is to always maximize shareholder value in any given situation, which is fucking disgusting. But yet Baldur's, game, Baldur's Gate 3 is making money hand over fist. They're going to make more games. Everyone likes it. There's a reason. Thankfully, there are those still independent, not sucked up groups that get uh, spread into a conglomerate, forced to do a game that they don't want to make. That game doesn't do well, so they end up gutting the company. Yep. Does anyone know what happened to the company that made, not Left 4 Dead, uh, there was a zomb- there's two zombie games that they made, and then Microsoft bought the company. Uh, oh, it was Undead Labs? I don't know. It's probably gone forever. I'm just wondering if they're ever going to make another one because Microsoft bought the company. Is that that third-person game where you could run State around... State of Decay. Mo- State of Decay. Uh, so they made the second one. The third one has been announced, uh, but there's still no date as to a release. Okay. But State of Decay is a wonderful game series. Wonderful game series. But Microsoft bought them, so I'm wondering if that's what the delay is in the third game, but I don't know. I, I do love Microsoft trying to justify like the mass layoffs with all the studios they have acquired and then going, but we're going to release on other platforms now. You're going to have Microsoft software on PS5 and Nintendo Switch. And I'm like, mm, no, probably not. Or at least not in a way that is beneficial to anybody. If a company that has a massive amount of shareholders do things that don't maximize the profits, the shareholders can sue that company because that's what they're supposed to do by law. Therefore, when it comes down to it, the thing you do not want to hear if you belong to a large company is this year we had record profits. Because when that happens, that is the new bar. And when the bar is at maximum, you don't hit that bar, you're fucked. Yeah. Well, you said it best, Steve, that quote about, you know, it's if you're growing, that's okay when you're a child. But once you're fully grown, yeah, it's, it's that kind it's of growth unsustainable. is completely unsustainable. Well, yeah, it, you, you don't if you have a baby that's 10 pounds at birth. OK, maybe if it's 20 pounds in its first year and 30 pounds in its third year, that's fine. But what about or actually, no, it's it would be exponential growth. So if your baby is 10 pounds in the first year and 20 pounds in the second year, that's great. 40 pounds in the third year, 80 pounds in the fourth year, uh, 160 pounds in its fifth year, that's unsustainable. This is why I never liked companies to babies. Because they're just unsustainable. Also, I never liked the Inc. 500 list, which now has expanded to the Inc. 5000 list. It itself grew. Because it was always the fastest growing companies. And people were like, oh, we were on the fastest growing company list two, three years in a row. That is not good. That is super, super bad. I know this because I used to work for one of those companies that hit the Inc. 500 list two years in a row. Guess what happened a third year? Everyone got laid off in an email on Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah. The the rational uh, view of, of business should be, are we operating in the black? Good. 
Yes. Well, that that's in fact that's the only thing that gives me hope is because there's a grow it's a very small number but there's a growing number of shareholders that are starting to realize that when companies do this buy up liquidate buy up liquidate that their gains are very 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 short term yeah. and they're actually starting to see losses. Yeah. A year later, two years mm-hmm. later, etc. Yeah. In their, you know, their well, stock portfolios and they're like, "Oh, it's not because they're right. not maximizing shareholder value. It's because all of these things are set up for very, very, very temporary gains. That's the big yeah. problem. It's it's all short term. I mean, the the term the terms being used are the big issue. Record profits as opposed to record revenue, yeah. because profits are not revenue. Right. If your revenue shrinks, you can actually still have record profits, but you got to cut your overhead, and that's where the layoffs come in. Yep. Yep. So that's 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 one of the the terrible things about that. And I understand from the way the system of investment is set up that you're looking at profits, but it's in many ways it's it, it well, it's part of the problem. I think yeah. the part. I think our our MBA system is part oh, yeah. of the problem because it, 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 it just talks about how you how you hit it big short term, and there's it, it doesn't seem that these these business school types have any kind of long term thought or strategy beat into them when oh, yeah. they're getting that I've, MBA. I've seen a lot of real financial experts call business schools out on this. It's like, you're teaching them wrong. Yeah, you're teaching them how to ruin companies. Yeah. 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 Instead of, like, you know, making a lot of money over a long period of time, you're telling them, teaching them how to make a lot of money temporarily and then losing a lot of money and then over a long on. period of time. And then move on. Yeah, they're not teaching yep. them anything. I have a degree in marketing management. Guess what two things I didn't learn? Marketing or management? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, we're kind of beating a horse here, but right. Uh, but uh, I was just talking to somebody in a comic book shop, and we were talking about, you know, how Warner Brothers slash, you know, parent company of DC Comics that keeps getting bought and sold and bought and sold, and for the past decade or so, it really has been the tail wagging the DC Comics dog. You got this corporation going. You know, uh, oh, how how much? What kind of money are you making? Oh, we're all we've always been operating in the black. Uh huh. How much have you been growing? Well, no, but we're not losing money. Yeah, yeah. No, we need to. What's popular? Keep doing that. And it's like, okay, now people are going to stop reading comics because there's nothing new, like you know, breaking the bat every <laughs> six months. Yep. <laughs> we can geek. Hey! Marvel Studios has confirmed the cast of Fantastic Four film. Yay! Uh, Pedro Pascal from The Last of Us will be Reed Richards. Vanessa Kirby from Mission Impossible Dead Reckonings will be Sue Storm, Invisible Woman. Uh, Joseph Quinn from Stranger Things as Johnny Storm, Eddie. a.k.a. Human Storch. And uh, Eben Moss Bachrock, the uh, Punisher and the Bear, as Ben Grimm, a.k.a. The Thing. Uh, and also, interestingly enough, we have a retro-style logo for the film. In fact... Everything shown so far, including art, has had a 1960s retro vibe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Fantastic Four will be directed by Matt Shackman, who did WandaVision, from a screenplay by Josh Friedman, who was brought in to rewrite the script, originally written by Jeff Kaplan and Ian Springer. So there it is. There's your cast, yep. with uh, everything so far hinting that it is, as we've discussed many times in the past, a, a 
set in the 60s. Yeah. yeah. Casting an actual blonde as uh, Sue Storm. Oh, what? Instead of, Ridiculous. you know, somebody wearing a blonde wig. Wait, in the 60s? <laughs> or a blonde, no, whatever that thing. got to be a multiverse thing. Yeah. Uh, right. Kate Mara was wearing in oh, Fantastic. Oh, God. Well, how do they just... Okay, it's got to be a multiverse thing, because they said it in the 60s, we would have heard about them. Well, unless this... Probably, but unless this series of movies deals with why don't we talk about the FF anymore. Yeah. Well, it does seem like they're bringing more TVA stuff into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Mm -hmm. so maybe that has something to do with it as well, because the, the Deadpool trailer heavily seemed to focus on the TVA. Yep. So... Who knows? Yeah. You mean Marvel Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm content to wait and find out. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yes, indeed. (laughs) Although it could be something they had to fuck off to space for a while. Yeah. But it's new for Disney. (laughs) Just just like Captain Marvel did. Yeah. Yeah. They're out there having coffee. Guys, it may be a a simple time variation thing where we're seeing all the 60s stuff because that's when they take off into space. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. whatever happens when they come back, it's modern day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Who knows? So, they're out there having coffee. They run into Carol Danvers. She's like, "Where have you guys been? Do you not know what's been going on?" Yeah, really. <laughs> I could very well see the the whole cosmic exposure thing. Yeah, caused a time dilation, and they missed decades worth of time. Yeah, ooh, a time dilation. Yeah, that's ooh. an interesting. That's ooh. an interesting premise. Quick, get the napkins. Jeff is drooling. <laughs> Come to find out that the uh, Stark Tower, Avengers Tower, is built on the bones of the Baxter, Baxter building. Ooh, building. that's kind of neat too. I oh, like. Wow. That. I love this movie writing right now. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, you like our movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Comic Con International is expanding into cruises with Comic Con the Cruise in partnership with Royal Caribbean. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I man. still keep getting emails for this. <laughs> yep. Cruise takes place Jan- uh, February 5th to February 9th, 2025. Uh, it's independent of Comic-Con International, as it is a licensed event, uh, using a full ship charter aboard the Car- Caribbean's uh, Serenade of the Seas. Rooms start at 990 for a four-day cruise for two guests. Uh, some of the celebrity guests who have announced are Warwick Davis, Eddie Hudson, George Takei, uh, Mary McDonald, Felicia Day, Michael Trucco, and Rob Perlman. And, of course, more guests are expected to be announced at a later date. So, a lot of these cruises out mm-hmm. there, right? Star I mean, Trek cruise. Star Trek cruise. There's yep. the Nerdist cruise. There's the Will Wheaton does his own friggin' thing. And Well, Will Wheaton tends to do the Star Trek cruise. <laughs> In fact, he uh, he just was talking about going can't on help it. Himself, can't help himself, can What will he say next? <laughs> Kid Rock's got a cruise. Oh, God. <laughs> when is the Geek Shock cruise? That's a good question. We we find a uh, replica of the Orca, and we can really only fit like four or five other people. Didn't ICS have a cruise, too? <laughs> oh, yes. No. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Yeah. yeah so we'll find a really tiny boat, and we'll go on Lake Mead. <laughs> <laughs> and the highlight will be uh, magnet fishing. <laughs> Finding a body. <laughs> yeah. Whoever so finds com- the body first gets a free sticker. So I got the I got the uh, I got the email from Comic Con about this. I'm looking and I'm like, okay, those are some pretty nice mid level guests. Boy, the people that are gonna, that bitch about Comic Con not being about comics anymore are gonna have a field day with this list of guests. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> the reasons to go to Comic Con are not there. I mean, is Mile High Comics and all those guys going to set Mile up? Mile High hasn't been at Comic-Con for... Neither have years. I. Yeah, no. 
But are they going to have a bunch of like comic dis- uh, people? No, I know that was my biggest question. Are they going to drag that shit on the cruise? Yeah, is one of the ballrooms going to be filled with you know comics and and you know DC and Dude Marvel ads. trotting out uh, trotting out their latest? Uh, what about the indie issues? publishers? Yeah, I yeah, see image. them there. Too. And everybody waiting until the last day of the cruise to buy stuff, hoping <laughs> yeah. to get it cheap, <laughs> <laughs> In- including drinks. <laughs> yeah, I hmm. hmm. <laughs> I, I I understand that that the that the name Comic Con has some cachet to it, but this is not going to be Comic Con. In the year two thousand and three, I was on a Star Trek cruise. I got dragged to with my ex girlfriend, um, and it was out of uh, Hawaii. They did not have a like a dealer's room. Proper. Okay. As far as I remember, I don't know. I drank a lot on that. This cruise. guy's going, "Hey, come up to my room. Come up to my suite." Yeah. That was that. <laughs> um, but it was. There was just a bunch of panels, really. Okay. Yeah, just a lot of panels. There wasn't like a dealer's room where you could buy all the latest crap because you're on a cruise. You're not, it's, yeah. it's not gonna happen. Um, <laughs> they did the they did that during at sea days, which is where you're not in a port. You're just you're just sailing that entire day. So the at sea days, I think there was like two or three or whatever. It was a week long cruise. Um, they would do Star Trek stuff. And yeah. then afterward, have little parties and whatnot. And I know I remember smoking cigars with the uh, Vaughn Armstrong. And right. S- That's the thing else. that I've heard people say about stuff like 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 Francine and Jerry talk about the Star Trek cruises, and they say the hallmark of the cruise is not the cruise itself. It's literally get the hot j- days of hanging out, shooting the shit in the bars with the celebrities. Yeah, smoking and, cigars with Vaughn Armstrong yeah. and seeing Will Wheaton off. Because there was a two crew, there was two events happening on that same cruise. <laughs> one was a Star Trek cruise. The other one, I think, was a was a Unix or Linux cruise. A cruise of Unix. Linux. I was <laughs> gonna say, holy <laughs> yeah, macro. not a fun time. That's a ballsy move. <laughs> yeah, ah, no, it wasn't. They had a nice choir. <laughs> no, it was a straight up like nerd thing, and he was there for that too. Because so he because he's like super nerdy. Was it um, was it was it? Didn't we do a story of a, a like a swingers cruise that also had another thing going on and it was like a remember. a clown convention or something? <laughs> oh Don't my, we remember? I seem Don't to recall this. It yeah. seems familiar. I think we. <laughs> I love double book cruises. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I want to go on that cruise. <laughs> Let's see, Comic Con and oof, what? He's what trying was, to make the worst combo. Yeah, uh, smell something burning. Now we're not we're, like a religious cruise. We're not going to go for the oh, obvious oh, first. Comic Con right? and and what's and, it, and West, Joel Osteen's faith. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Westboro Westboro Baptist Church. Cruise. Oh man, Westboro Baptist Church cruise. Just no drinking. Wow. Yeah. Just waving yeah. signs around. Uh, uh, signs on... out front that says "God hates upcharges." Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They go, they go to Athens, Greece, and just park in the port out there, and just you know, yeah, no, uh, uh, no gay marriage. Uh, workshops on how to make the best signs that, yeah, that, that everyone <laughs> what materials you should use. <laughs> yeah, you can make your own sign for the cruise that you can take with you when you go. <laughs> Start starting yeah. with the prompt: "God hates," and then you fill it right, in. Right, right, yeah. and, and, and furries. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I want to be, watch that one That's from afar. Yeah, so all the good <laughs> things about Comic Con aren't at the Comic Con cruise. Yeah, yeah. You know? I want to make fun of the furries. I want to make fun of the bronies. I want to see all the fan groups all cosplayed up. Yeah, but you're just an evil jackhole. Well, this is also <laughs> true. But I also want to go to the uh, gas lamp 
and uh, yeah. have fun down there and see all the... I mean, that's the, what this ship is for, but yeah. yeah. You're not going to see uh, the studios putting all new stuff out. You're not going to see Gentle Giant displaying all their shit. Right. You're just going to see Whoa. the panels. What? Gentle Giant displaying his shit? Oh. He's gentle. It's, you know... He had a, you know what I'm talking he about. He had a softener before he went. <laughs> Jackass. <laughs> you don't get to see all the cool new toys. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not the same. Oh, I have some behind the scenes about Sideshow. You have some behind the scenes about Sideshow? Sideshow hasn't been at Comic-Con for about two or three years. Now. Okay. Right. And it's because of supply si- supply line issues. Right. Okay. Um, during COVID, they were trying to conduct business as usual so they would you know create keep creating their figures and statues and all this type of stuff and it would and so you know they'd send their things out to geek stores and say oh we have this thing coming out we have this thing coming out and so all these orders went in to sideshow and um which which apparently had some kind of later date of refusal or whatever and because of the supply chain issues those all hit at the same time so all these comic shops are being hit with thousand multi-thousands of dollars worth of pre-orders and they were like no thank you that's gonna bankrupt us and sideshow was like well if you don't take them you're gonna bankrupt us (laughs) oh wow so yeah so they were they were right on the verge of going out of business and so conventions were the first thing it got cut Uh so yikers i i'm I'm curious to know from my friends that are continuing to go to Comic-Con if Sideshow eventually does uh, have a um, presence there. I wonder if they the made future. a lot of money at those shows. I, I, I know but, in the early days they did, but yeah. supposedly it tapered off quite a bit towards mm. the latter couple of years that I went. I mean, I swear in 2016, which is the last one I went to, they didn't have a huge presence. Yeah. Well, they, seemed seemed like they had a smaller booth than they typically did, but mm, I could be wrong. Yeah. No, they 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 were one of the more giant booths, and I mean that's where most of my most of my picture taking happened was at the sideshow booth, and then and then I was like, "Where's the sideshow booth? Oh, it's with the DC booth." Warner <laughs> Brothers. Chris Pratt is set to star in a new sci-fi film called Mercy, directed by. Timur Timur Bekbombikov and produced by You're Charles just stringing syllables Beck together Bombikov. now. Bekbombikov. That is spot on. It's, it, it's Timur that I didn't hit quite right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, produced by Charles Rovens, one of the producers on Oppenheimer. The film is set up at Amazon MGM. Uh, Pratt and Bekbombikov previously worked together on the action film Wanted. Uh, the film is set in the near future, quote, when capital crime has increased. The picture follows a detective who is accused of violent crime and forced to prove his innocence. The movie's being written by Marco Van Bell, who did Arthur and Merlin. And the movie starts production in the spring. Hmm. Wanted, I wonder though. if it'll actually be theatrically released, though. I, that's a good question. Because uh, like, Maybe like one of those Netflix releases where well, even though they release on Netflix, they do like a small theater yeah. release. Mm. Well, because I know that was uh, last week since I didn't get to make it to the show since I was dealing with sinus stuff and was afraid I would get sick and didn't want to get anybody else sick. Um, I was reading about the Roadhouse film with Jake Gyllenhaal and how <laughs> that, was, that was bought when MGM... 
the script was bought and then the production started before Amazon bought MGM and it was always intended to be a theatrical release and uh, the the director was just lambasting Amazon MGM because he's like it's like it's supposed to be theatrically released they're not going to theatrically release it I'm not going to do any press on it and it just like he was trying to draw a hard line in the in the ground just I feel bad for the guy because you know you're you know proceeding under one belief and then all of a sudden sure you know somebody buys the studio and they goes oh you know what this will actually be better for our our streaming service than than a theatrical you should release. just be thankful that uh, Warner Brothers didn't buy it yeah then it get canceled a change of ownership thing is a sucker I was watching an interview with Joe uh, Maganello who was talking about <clears throat> developing the Dra- Dragonlance TV show and uh, the change of ownership uh just killed everything yeah yeah because the people who were behind it and were excited about it were gone and the people who were there were like well how well did the dragonlance book sell oh okay never mind or the dragonlance board game whatever it was it was just like yeah well and then he said that he tried he offered to buy the ip he was like i'll buy it just just i'll buy it and i'll make and they weren't even Nah, we'll just keep that too. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we don't make it, but uh, no one else will. We're not going to let go of it. So yeah, yeah. We, maybe in the future we might do it yeah. again in forty years. And boy, oh boy, is that is that nerd passionate about his Dragonlance? Oh yes, he is. Watching that interview, he was he was not, he was just crushed. He was not he was not happy. I'm trying to remember. There was a a very similar story to that where an actor was trying to buy the property off of one of the major studios because they were going to shelve it and take a tax write-off. And Was it Cavill? He's I sufficiently nerdy. I just remember that it, that this particular rich. article was talking about how the money they were offering the studio for the property so they could release it independently was more than what the assumed tax write-off was going to be, but they still turned it yeah. down. I, you know, so I feel like there's more to these tax write-offs yeah. than just what we're getting in the, mm-hmm. you know, in really the trade like, papers. I really like some inside baseball on that kind of thing. What you're saying, Jeff, it makes me think of Ryan Reynolds because I remember something about him wanting to, wanting something so bad he offered to buy or something, and I can't, I, I don't remember specifics though. Maybe someone will pop in. Uh, was that player. free guy maybe i feel like that might have been free guy but i'm not a hundred percent on that one maybe because that was but the i don't think the one i'm talking about is the same one but that oh. what you're describing what does I'm sound like free oh, does okay. sound like free guy yeah because that was on the verge of being yeah or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. It's like no he turned into christopher walken all of the- <laughs> no i heard that <laughs> <laughs> What's this all about? And then they cut to Christopher Walken going, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 God, that commercial was so funny. What's your cowbell? Write to us, comments at geekshockpodcast.com. And I want to thank our Tier 1 members, Sir Chomps, Hylian Scoop, Chad Wilson, Ambivalent Hoax, Richard Bruin, Scoopatron, Mandy, Jacob Flora, Multiverse Tonight, Scully, Froyog, Softserve, Gil, A. John B., Diggs McSmigs, Kingvald, Goran Sgunstint, Stefan Muller, SoCal Shaolin, and our brand new Tier 1 member, Norm. Good to have you, sir. Norm! Had a feeling that was going to happen. <laughs> it How's it going, Mr. Peterson? Now that, that, that... Chris, Chris, I have to ask, are you sick of that? 
<laughs> have you gotten that all your life? You had to have gotten that all your life to put Norm out there. Now I have to ask, what, what's that tier one level again? The banana pudding tier. Yeah. How much? Five dollars. Yeah. A month. Yeah. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Yeah. Simple. And it's a get, soda. And you get all the aftershocks. You yep. get it's Discord access. You get the Minecraft access. Every now and then some stickers. And our other bonus shows like the aforementioned King's Dilemma. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, but of course, there's our tier four members, Deb T, GR Conkle, our tier five members, Jeff Harris, Mad Martron, Glumley, and Atomic Gumby. And everyone gets the added bonus of Torgo fucking your name up. Oh, 100%. Oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone gets that for free. That's priceless. All you have to do is make the news. You can't yeah, even really. say his own name. It's great. Just send your name in and he'll fuck it up. Special thanks to our theme song creator, Sam Heffernan. That song's The Burning Light. Find it at SWH Music on Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Twitch. And of course, Introduce this week our brand new senior moment stink- stinger. <laughs> stinker? Stinker. Stinker. It's anything but. You heard it. It's awesome. Senior moment. Uh, thank you so much, Glumly and Lara Skaya. I think it's oh. Lara Skaya. Is that how I pronounce your name? Oh, my God, Todd. Here just, we go. Just messing it up. My God. Yeah. If it isn't, let me know what the difference is. I need to know. Because I've got to get it right. But that was amazing work. Thank you so much thank for adding guys. that to the show. So, Barry, really we funny. need to add a tier that people pay for Todd to pronounce their name correctly. That's a lot of money. Oh, tier six. that's a lot of money. Tier six. That's yeah, the money. Mu- guys, mouth guys the that super will finance, secret double probation That will tier. finance the cruise. The, 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 the yeah. yacht. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And until next week, I am Master Torgo. 80s Jeff. Commander Yacht. Blarg on a yacht. With Professor Biggs. And... Nobody else. And we'll talk to you next week in Geek. <laughs> She's coming back. She's I, just working really hard. I don't believe you. Uh, I think, that woman. I think that, she needs to talk to HR because I think her work is abusive. Dude, that woman <laughs> is is putting in a lot of effort to keep Barry in style. So <laughs> this is style, and 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 well, Barry is putting style. in little to no effort to keep her around. <laughs> Please, you, you think this just happens? Yeah, I wake up this pretty. I do. Uh, pr- pretty is not the word I would have used. I'm so pretty. You're not the same without the hair. So, oh, oh, you lost God. all your mojo. Yeah, God, that was brutal. All the mojos on the barbershop floor. I only speak the truth. I only speak the truth. I only speak the truth. Yeah, keep telling. I only speak the truth. <laughs>